0: starting in East Broadway to Truth Apostolic on South Main. Me and my family preached out to other churches from Star Bethlehem Church for seven years, but had a real strong burden to pastor a church and prayed every day to God to open the doors for that ministry. In 2004, Brother Roger Jones had a storefront church on the corner of East Broadway and Hipple Street here in Madisonville. He asked me to come preach for him in 2004. Then in January 2005, he called me and asked me if I would take the church and be pastor with about $3,000 in the money, amen, an account, some music, plastic lawn chairs for our church cheers, amen, and told me to, I told him that I would give him a week to pray and fast about it. I called my mom, I called Brother Paul Fuller, and I called Brother Monty Fuller to help me find God's will. At the end of that week, we felt to call Brother Jones and accept the call to be pastor of that church. On Sunday morning of February 13, 2005, we showed up to church. Brother Roger Jones, on a Sunday morning, introduced me to the church, told him that he was gonna turn it over to me. We had a church dinner. That Sunday night church service, we only had 13 people. Six of them was my own family. But we started to see God bless and grow the little church called East Broadway Apostolic Church for one year till it was running about 60 people with one year on the lease of the storefront building was coming up for renewal. And in the process of the first year, we prayed and sought God for a bigger building on South Main, Madisonville. Brother Robert Renshaw coming to visit our church often asked me to meet with him one day after my work day to look at the old Salvation Army building, which was a church that he started. So we got all of our church members together at the church on 678 South Seminary and agreed to purchase it, the church on land contract for one year from uh, Brother Renshaw until one year was come up the renewal And I've been praying hard for God to help us get a loan. I have been to bank and all the banks told me that we was not established a business until we was in business for five years. We had only about 70 people, but we had pretty good income coming in at the church. So one day after work, I came home, parked my truck in the driveway, walked down the driveway to the mailbox, And God immediately spoke to me and said, sell your place and buy the church. I questioned God and said, Lord, this is my brand new home. The Lord said, I would never ask you to give up anything that I would not give you something better. After getting main and hearing from God, I came into the house and talked to my wife and my family about what God had told me. And so we agreed together to put a sale sign up in our yard just in one just in a few days many people called about it and we had it sold and moved to the church Parsons beside the church in Madisonville me and a few trustees after we went to the bank after five years at Field Third Bank got the loan for the church, put into the church name If it seems like Places we've never been, like we've left all we know to chase a voice on the wind. We're not lost, we're just looking for you. If it looks like we've lost all composure and pride, if it feels like we've laid our restraint to the side, if we seem desperate, it's just because it's true. If you're looking for a safe... we've seen people go for 13 years at Seminary Street but we've seen God save many people with many miracles and signs but my heart was still on South Main because God told me that from the beginning when I started in East Broadway I started pastoring at East Broadway then one day about three years being at the At Seminary Street, I was coming by the Old Eagles building on South Main, seeing a Purcell sign up, so I called about it. They was asking $184,000, so I just prayed about it and gave it to the Lord till 2017. Come, by the Old Eagles building, seeing a new sign put up, And the Lord spoke to me and said, call that number and ask about the property. So I did. The realtor told me that he was asking $129,000 for the building. So I told the church to pray. I called the realtor and met with him, looked at the building. So me and my family went to look at it with my wife being shaken because of the condition of the building and said, there is no way it will ever be as beautiful as our church on seminary. But we made an offer for 120000 And so we purchased it and started our work with all of our faithful church p- family. We are still in shock of how beautiful that it has turned out to be. And we are seeing God do great things at the end of the four years we have been on South Main Street. But the most beautiful picture of it all is when I can see the start and finish of what God has done in people's lives. We are all ready to see even more lives change in the coming years before the Lord shall return. So it will always strengthen my faith when I look back and see the first time that God told me at East Broadway, you will pastor on South Main. See, there is nothing too hard for God. If we will always obey and put His kingdom first, He will always bless you despite what comes your way. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? In closing, I want to say thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us, all the people that you have put in my, our lives that I love and call that are that have called me to do a work in Madisonville on South Main at Truth Apostolic Church. I love you tonight. And I'm here to celebrate. 18 years. And I know it's great to look back in the past, but can I tell you something? I believe there are greater things ahead of us that we have not even seen, that we have not even, hallelujah, experienced. Hallelujah, if we could be able, amen, to come together in these last days. Hallelujah, to work in unity and harmony. Every time God spoke to me, he's always made a way. Even when I started this work in this building, most of you will see the pictures. I'm telling you, it looked bad. But now this is a place that we can come and worship the Lord in spirit and truth. This is the place that we can come to fellowship with one another. Hallelujah. To receive hallelujah, the gift the grace of God. This is the place, hallelujah, glory to God, that we have seen our children grow up. Hallelujah. And even many in Madisonville and Arlington and the communities around us for the greatest end time revival that we've ever experienced before. When God spoke to me, in one week pastoring that little bitty church in East Broadway that you will pastor on South Maine. And the journey is not done yet. Somebody say the journey is not done yet. Come on, I said the journey is not done yet. So we welcome you here tonight. I want you to stand and I want us to give the Lord tonight, uh, amen, some praise in this place. Uh, hallelujah, I want us to, hallelujah, push aside how we feel, what we've faced, uh, everything that's going on. Uh, hallelujah, amen, and say, God, uh, amen, you have done uh, a work, uh, but you're not done yet. In The old church and they're still going. The devil's tried to stop it, but it's still going. Amen. my precious little Walmart lady she started coming to our church and she believed in holiness praise God but she was baptized praise the Lord and Father, Son, and Holy Ghost she was Trinity I loved her and I preached that false doctrine I love her and we baptized her in Jesus name the old church hallelujah amen I'm so thankful brother Chuck this man used to hate me his ex-wife called me one day I was working after I preached her grandmother's funeral that come to this church sister Myrtle precious godly woman amen and I never forget She said, you need to pray for Chuck. She said, he's backslid." And said, me and him are separated. And I'll never forget. Brother Joel, he called me. I was at work. When the phone rang, I looked and I said, oh, God, I ain't got time to mess with him. I said, he don't even like me anyway. But can I tell you something? I was at Providence building the garage. And I left Providence and drove all the way to Dawson Springs. Pulled up at at the library now. When I looked, he walked around the corner. A pair of shorts on. I could tell he's backslid. Got in that truck, and I'll never forget. We had a talk. I picked him up the Sunday and I went and picked him up, drove all the way from Massville, picked him up two or three Sundays. And he lived in a rat hole. I'm telling you, it was a hole in the ground. Didn't have nothing. And God has blessed him so much and used him. And he's our outreach director. Amen. Brother William come. Praise God for on and off and on and off. And until the Lord, praise God, got a hold of him. And Now, praise God, he's ministering and singing to the praise team. Hallelujah. You know, God works miracles sometimes, praise the Lord. He even sends, praise the Lord. Amen. Good guys from the other side of the United States, praise God, to go come and date women in this church. Brother Tom moved all the way down here, praise the Lord, amen. And now he's a part of this church, and appreciate it. Thank God for the Gates family and Hallelujah. Everything they do in the media, ministry. I think I'm going to tell you something. He ain't just good in music. I mean, media. Man, that guy can cook. He had us over at their house, praise God, this week, fix homemade pizzas. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. See, you understand when you're a pastor, you get the first fruits. Amen. But during the journey, God has brought so many things in my life. Sister Connie started coming, crying and praying about her husband. You know what? Now Timmy's coming. Woo! Sister Deborah dad back there. She's one that, Amen. Her and her and sister Priscilla, one of the first ones to come. Praise the Lord, Amen. I, I'll say this, and you've heard me say this before, but you know she's a, she's a wonderful young lady. I say young. You're younger than me. We had a little issue and a problem. Praise God in the nursery. How many know nursery class? You're dealing with babies. They don't do. Nothing, they don't know nothing but eating poop. And I could not get nobody to teach that class. She come to me. Brother Orton, I'll, take, I'll teach that class. I said, okay, let me pray about it. I got to talk to my wife. I said, she still smokes. She still wears her britches. I said, people are going to talk about me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's no harm. You'll open the door something for greater... In no time, she quit smoking, quit wearing her britches, and she's still coming. <laughs> Glory to God. Of course, my aunt, Karen, I love her. She's getting up in the age, and I told her the other day, I said, you're doing too much. I said, you're not no young chicken no more. We love her. Appreciate her so much. And of course, I could never say enough, praise the Lord, for Sister Alice. She's got a seal beyond measure, but sometimes I have to help her with her. Understanding the knowledge. She's gotten mad at me so many times. But you know what? She always come back. But the first service that I met her and her and her husband, I walked back to shake their hands and to greet them and when I shook their hands I smelt marijuana so strong now she's a Sunday school teacher he's a minister they're in the music come on so many amen like I said there's some that's not even here joy how many know joy sellers my God he come to our church with a ponytail down to there long old beard you 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 I mean, my wife she told me she said I'm scared of him he look like he cut your throat but now God we baptize him in Jesus name woo amen And then some of my precious, precious babies. Sister Whitney. She's quiet, reserved. don't say nothing. I know she fights a lot of hell at home. Lost companion. But she brings her and her children to church. And them too, praise the Lord. Amen that she keeps faithful and God's going to do some great things in her life and of course praise God our newest edition Brother Bart Presley let me tell you something he was preached to already about our church invited to our church from Jimmy let me know Jimmy and he got on the webpage and started watching it and finally he made his mind up. I'm going to go check that church out. You know what? Now he loves this church. Backslid. Hallelujah. Amen. God's done so much. And Brother Joel, Sister Lanham. Thank God for leaving. They're Not only just kin to me, praise the Lord, but I'm glad that they commit to let me in their life and their world. It was told to me, praise God, brother, uh, brother, brother uh, Joel. When you first started coming here, somebody said, "I don't know if he'll let you pastor him." I said, "I'll pastor him, or he'll pack his bags." But you know what? He's let me in his life. I thank God for that. And God has blessed them and not finished with them. Amen. I appreciate everybody, brother Tommy. He's caused me, he is the thorn in my side. But I love him and I appreciate him. I say this, I know he went through a lot in his past and everything, but you know, just about a year ago, I was on the phone with him, I'll never forget, I said, where you at? What are you doing? He said, I'm nothing. I said, where you at? He said, I'm just driving around. I said, you better not try and be out stalking. Well, of course, you know, he's hard-headed, wouldn't listen. But see, I preached and told him, told the whole church just about maybe a month or two before. I said, if God has to put you back in jail, he will. well guess what he got rested that next day he got out he called me moaning and crying and said pastor that's the worst night I ever had in my life he said God get in my life get in my world and I appreciate everyone but I want my wonderful wife to stand stand honey Ain't she beautiful? I want my four daughters, and some of them are not even in here, I don't think. Amen. Heather and Ashley, I think, have stepped out, but Katie and, and Tracy stand. I appreciate my family. I couldn't do it without them. My poor son-in-laws. Let them stand. I'm glad they're not my outlaws because I can still be mean. But I love them. I appreciate them. Thank God for their work and their ministry and what they do. Amen. For Even for my grandbabies and my daughters. Appreciate, praise the Lord, Pastor Marin. Could not do it without him. Someone come to us today and gave us some money, quite a bit of money. Thank you. God's gonna bless you beyond measure. Amen. My wife said, Well, they gave Tracy and Roy the same amount. I could have said, well, wait a minute, I'm he, he's behind me. I should have got more. And he called me when he was talking FaceTime. And he said, I feel bad. He said, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have done it. I said, listen, you're there and you and your wife supports and helps and takes up the slack for me all the time. And I thank you for that. Not one jealous bone in my body. Amen. I appreciate, praise the Lord, my family. Amen, you can be seated. now." Where's my wonderful, beautiful grandbabies? Cappy? One, two, three, four, five, six. There's one of them out. Seven. There they are. Seven beautiful grandbabies. Still. I still pray every day. Every day I pray every morning. I say, God, I thank you for Macy, Malachi, Hudson, Evan, KK, Cappy, Audrey, Tracy's twins, and Katie's little girl. Then I say, Lord, after that, no more. No. God bless me beyond measure, and I thank God for a beautiful family. Amen. I love you, church. I miss the ones that are not here. I prayed and prayed, and I even come up with sickness this week, allergies and the weather up and down, up and down. But I thank you so much for being here. This is special to me. 18 years. Sister Bonnie, forgot her, she'd been back right here. But John, John is a big old boy. You get behind him, you won't stick. Nobody will see you. She come to this church. Amen. And you know what? She fit right in it. I appreciate it. She's a giver. God blesses her. Amen. And I always going to take care of her because she's a giver. I know that you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand do. We're not bragging that. But you know, I was praying. and I told my wife, I said, Sister Bonnie, I feel led that she's going to give us some money to work on this church. Finally, she called me. She said, Pastor, where are you at? I said, I'm at the church. She said, well, the Lord has told told me to to give you some money. I said, okay. Well, she come, met me in the new door we put. We're still working here at the church. She handed me a check. I just put it in my hand hugged her and said, thank you so much for it, walked away until I looked at it. I'm going to tell you, when God puts something in motion, it can't be stopped. Come on. The devil's fault but God we baptized last year <coughs> 22 people I want it to be 122 this year. to my heart I thank you so much for having confidence and love for the Orton family thank you so much Tyler's mother already was coming amen praise the Lord Jesus uh, uh, I'm glad I'm glad my grand some of my grandbabies has got good grandparents amen brother Tim and sister Pam praise the Lord I'm glad I got, they got good grandparents. When I look in here and see my grandbabies, praise God, worshiping God, and somebody saying, well, my God, it's all they think about is church. Well, <laughs> Amen. But we want to turn our attention tonight because this is the most important part of the service and I want to say from the bottom of my heart I thank my brother even though I'm four years older than him amen he was always a better man to me he was more he was real gentle until you really push his button the right button and then he comes out swinging really hard but but After we lost daddy, it seemed like we growed together, grow closer, depend upon him. Then when he started his church, even he come used to help me here, Amen, East Broadway and Seminary, and then here also. And my heart's prayer, I pray every day for Sturgis and I pray for Marion. And I say, God, let them have growth. Let her have revival. God make a way for him because he deserved more than me. I said, God, where he can quit work and be a full-time ministry. Man, and I thank you so much. Because I remember from East Broadway and even, praise God, from over at seminary. A lot of days, I didn't, we didn't have the money. I didn't get paid. And I'd have to go borrow money and pay it to pay some bills or even use my own bill money to pay church bills. I'd done that. But I told God, I said, God, your kingdom will always be first. I don't care how much i got to suffer. And I hope and pray because this church, just about last year at this time, wasn't it? Maybe this, next month, amen, took up $16,000 to give to me and my wife to start putting our foundation in and laying our block to build our new home. And I've just been, praise God, to the point and place the last probably four years, four or five years being full-time pastor. And the church takes care of me. And I don't want to take that for granted. Now, sometimes it still gets tight. and Some days, some weeks, my wife will look and say, Honey, too many bills this week. You had a preacher this week. We ain't going to get no payday. And I said, That's all right. God will take care of us. And he always has, to, Jimmy. Brother Jimmy, I like it. Brother Jimmy. Amen. God is always supplied. Amen. But I want God to bless, praise God, my brother and his family. Because I know they went and sacrificed in many areas of their life. And Marion, and even now, praise God, pastoring two churches, trying to Uh, you know hold on both trying to get things he's got a lot on him amen but you know what I believe God has put the right man in the right place in the right time to accomplish it and to see it fulfilled amen and I believe he's got a message on his heart for this church amen so I want him to come tonight preach to this congregation amen No strings attached. Amen. He can preach whatever he feels. Say whatever he feels. I've got confidence in him. Amen. So if you could stand tonight, give the man of God, amen, a good hand as he comes. Come
1: on, let's get this to the Lord. Come on, we can do better than that. Give God all the glory and praise in the house tonight. God, we serve. You may be seated for a moment. I'm get quickly through the preliminaries of what I want to say here, but I do want to say I appreciate um, some from Sturgis here tonight, Brother Jay and his family. Amen. Appreciate them so much. God is doing some great things in Sturgis, and I promise you, if it wasn't for that man right there, uh, it would be a, what's going on wouldn't be happening. I promise you, he is an incredible man. And I know he's not looking for me to say anything about that. And I appreciate him so very much and his family. And um, I love him dearly. I love my wife. Um, she is awesome. She's beautiful, pure, and sincere. And I love her. Appreciate her so much. Good to have my son, Jake, in with me. And um, my, this is my family back here singing tonight. And uh, they can sing. <laughs> I love them so much. Appreciate every every one of them. I think up here tonight was my my family. Even even, even part of my family too. So that's just awesome. And um, I give honor to all the ministry in the house today. And I, I want to say I appreciate my brother and his passion for the kingdom of God. His passion for the kingdom of God is probably is uh, cannot be matched with too many people. He loves the kingdom. He loves the things of God. He loves this church. And um, I preached my longest revival at that little Broadway uh, building. Three nights. <laughs> I never did preach out much, but he asked me to come preach. A, I think it was a three-night revival. And, and um, I don't know if we'd started the church in Marion, but we was in the process of it, one or the other. And I'm, I'm very thankful. Uh, they had that opportunity God's just good and I applaud this church for your love for your man of God take care of him and I know you have and I know you will take care of him you don't know you don't know what a pastor goes through unless you stand in that place you don't know what he deals with unless you stand in that place there's not a doubt in my mind that some of you would be burning in hell today if it was not for the man of God preaching, praying and interceding for your soul. You would be burning in hell right now. But the man of God stood and the man of God prayed and the man of God is, is salt for your soul. And I know my brother loves this church and, and, and I appreciate Pastor Marin and Sister Tracy to I know this is my brother's night and we, I give him honor tonight. So I, I do have something. My brother asked me to to come tonight and I want to say I'm honored. You guys have had the best of the best preachers here and uh, it could have got many other people and I'm, I appreciate the opportunity and honor to do this tonight. But I felt like God quickly put something in my heart. Originally I felt like when he first asked that um, it seemed like God, I, I kind of, I wanted to preach something <laughs> I, w- I wanted to preach a particular message that that um, God had given me and, and and the Lord wouldn't let me and he brought me to this and uh, and it's something I have preached at our, our home church and I don't see Sister Deb, she stepped out and, and I'm not sure if Sister Karen was there that day we had a baby dedication at our church for um, Donnie's grand, granddaughter um, Christina's uh, his daughter Christina's baby that she just had and and they were there and I preached this sermon that day so she stepped out I was going to apologize to her so I'm sorry you're going to hear it again but I never preach them the same so I know I'm standing between you and food so Luke chapter twelve and verse sixteen. I appreciate all the media and the music. You guys are doing an excellent job with that, and it's 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 awesome. And um, hopefully, I won't make too many flubs. Where Brother Gary can make one of them funny videos, and hopefully, I don't do that. (laughs) Enjoy. <laughs> but I probably will. Luke twelve verse sixteen, and he speaking of Jesus, spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room, where to bestow my fruits? He said, This will I do: I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul so thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease and eat drink and be merry notice verse 20 but God said to him thou fool everybody say that with me thou fool." fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then who shall be? Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself, is not rich towards God. For just a few moments tonight, or however long the Lord allows me, I'm going to be preaching to you on this thought: Don't die as a fool. Don't die as a fool. To man of God would pray tonight. your mercy, your grace Lord I love you I thank you Jesus for your goodness your mercy God help us in this place God in your mighty name we love you Jesus you're worthy Lord you're worthy God you're mighty God Jesus right now in your mighty name God I'm asking you Lord touch our hearts and souls in Jesus' name, the church, say amen. Amen. No doubt we live in a hard time. Every day that you awake, the enemy of your soul is trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything within you that is remotely turned towards the things of God. The Bible tells us as much, 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. John 10 and 10 tells us that the thief cometh except to steal, kill, and destroy. Daniel told us the Old Testament prophet Daniel said, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. As we close into the last days of this earth, we are in the battle of a lifetime. Amen. Brother Joel, hell is fighting for your soul. Hallelujah. Hell is fighting for your soul, and everything, praise God, that God is putting on the inside of us hell is ruthless. Hell does not care about you. Hell doesn't care about your marriage. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care about you having any financial security. He doesn't care about anything about your life. He doesn't care at all. He, he wants you divorced. He wants you bankrupt. He wants you to he wants you in, in misery. He wants you in torment. He wants you, praise God, living every day in depression and anger and hatred. He hates you. He hates God. He hates everything about the kingdom of God he hates us, he hates what's going on here tonight, he hates the fact that a man of God has been in one place for 18 years, hallelujah preaching the word of God he hates it, hallelujah, he hates anything brother Jay, about the kingdom of God, he hates that you're sitting here, he hates it when you read your Bible, he hates it when you kneel down and seek the face of God he hates it when you lift your hands to magnify the praise God, to magnify the Lord with praise, he hates everything about the kingdom of God he is ruthless he doesn't care about your soul sister Kim the only thing he wants for us to do hallelujah he wants to steal he wants to kill and he wants to destroy everything about us Brother Chuck I am so thankful Jesus didn't leave us here all by ourselves hallelujah oh come on we're gonna fight hell in this world Jesus said as much so praise God in John 16 and 33 in this world Jesus said in this world you shall have tribulation but thank God he didn't leave that scripture right there he wanted to say but be of good cheer I have overcome the world praise God I'm telling you yeah we're fighting hell but praise Praise God. Jesus overcame this world. Hell is fighting, but we've got victory in the name of Jesus. Praise God. We can speak the name of Jesus over everything in this world. Hallelujah. We can plead the blood of Jesus. Thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But thank God for the resurrection that gives me hope that I don't have to spend eternity in this world. But there's an eternity called heaven that's waiting on us. Praise God. We're fighting hell. At least you better be fighting hell. But thank God. We're not fighting alone. Hey, hey, hey me go ahead. You're not fighting this battle by yourself. I'm glad that he gave us the church. I'm glad he gave us the church of the living God, Brother Gary. Hallelujah. It's why I, by ourselves. We cannot make it on our own. We are not an island. We need the church. We need the body. Praise God. We need a man of God in our life. We need elders in our life. But we need our brothers and our sisters. We need each other. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, God. designed the church to be the most powerful force on the face of the earth. You think, you wonder why preachers get up here and say, you need to come to the house of God because you can't make it on your own. Hallelujah. I thank God that my brother took that church and Broadway and he took it from there to seminary and brought it to this place there used to be a honky talking, singing and dancing going on here and they're still singing and dancing going on in here today but it's a different partner we're worshiping and magnifying God in a place that we call praise the Lord truth apostolic church thank God for a man of God that has stood for 18 years for this truth thank God we have a church and he's not here by himself praise God he's got his family he's got you he named you Oh, hallelujah what God has done in your life aren't you glad that you got a church yeah. Jesus looked at Peter and said in Matthew 16 and 18 he said I say unto thee thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not everybody say that shall not it shall not prevail against it and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven hallelujah I'm telling you God has given us a mighty powerful uh, ally in the world it's called the church of the living God I don't understand why anybody don't want to be a part of the church of the living God it's the greatest power on the face of this earth it's the greatest thing in this world it's the church of of the living God hallelujah these verses in Matthew that I just read it was the first mention of the church in the New Testament hallelujah and it lets us know I'm going to tell you right now there's many things in this world that are and has been shaken and will be shaken but the church is the only thing that this world cannot shake praise God oh they, they tried to shake it back in 2020 when they wanted to close down the churches but the devil made a mistake when he shut the doors of the church hallelujah as beautiful as this assembly is today it is is absolutely beautiful and yes it looks better than seminary hallelujah but as beautiful as this place is this is not the church this is where we gather together but the church is the body of Christ and when He shut down the buildings hallelujah the church still gold hallelujah we had church online we had church in our living room we had church everywhere because we're still a part of the church praise God the church of the living God I'm telling you what Isaiah said the earth is going to be shaken and the nations of the Israel is going to be shaken according to Ezekiel praise God the heavens and the nations are going to be shaken according to Haggai and everything that can be shaken will be shaken according to Hebrews chapter 12 but there's one thing that's not going to shake and that's the church of the living God hallelujah the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God we're not just a select few praise God but we are peculiar people a chosen people we're not just inclusive but we're inclusive said praise God and we are come together as a body we are the church of the living God the best way this church works is you don't let just your man of God do it you don't understand that this thing is a body it's all of us he might be the head of this assembly but he needs some arms. And he needs some legs. Hallelujah. And he prays God. He needs some fingers. He needs some people reaching. He needs some people praying. He needs somebody to be praying that people out of hell just besides him. Praise the Lord. Thank God for a man. of God has been here 18 years but you need to be shoulder part of this. You need to realize you need to put part of this church on your shoulders and let's body this thing. We're getting close to the end. It can't be much longer. Praise God. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. i Thank God this is the one assembly in Madisonville. But the church is made up of churches and assemblies all across this world. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for the church of the living God. He's called us out of every kindred, out of every tribe, out of every nation. And he called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. Praise God. And our only chance to make it out of this world and into eternity is going to be because we're connected to the church of the living God not some building that we walk into. Thank God we got a building to come in fellowship and have good music like we've had tonight and then go back here a little bit later and have some good old apostolic food. There ain't nothing like it, praise God. But it's more than that. It's a blood ball born again, praise God. Hallelujah, way that we're going to get to heaven. That's the only way you're going to make it. We're a host of people that's connected by the blood of Jesus, praise God. The church, praise God is powerful somebody screaming out of the church there's a lot of buildings across this city but not every building that's called a church is a part of the living God and although I believe we should be in church every time the door is open unless you're really sick you're in the hospital Or you gotta work because of circumstances beyond our control. We can't just go to church. Brother Gary, we got to be the church. This world don't need another building we call a house of God. This world needs a biblical, apostolic church that knows how to get a hold of the kingdom of God, that knows how to preach people out of hell, knows how to reach for people, praise God, and knows that there's a separated way of living. There's a way that protects you, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, listen to me. They tried to shut us down, but they couldn't do it. The church is still alive. Oh, come on. I cannot say enough today. We need to be a part of the church of the living God. Not just to say, I'm a member of Truth Apostolic Church. But I'm committed to the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful that I go to Truth Apostolic Church because they preach truth. There's a man of God that loves me. There's a family that loves me. There's a church that loves me. Don't die as a fool. We're opening a story. We see a man that was blessed of these worldly things. And he said, what am I going to do with all I have? I know I'll build... Bigger barns. I'm going to make things greater in my life. But the Lord said, thou fool. Tonight, your soul is required of you. To be honest with you, the Bible cautions us about calling anybody else a fool. Jesus said so in Matthew 5.22. But however, the Bible does not use the word fool quite often. We see the word fool used often though in the wisdom of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. These two books use the word over two-thirds of the time that you will find it in the Word of God. In the King James Version, the word fool occurs those, in those two books 71 times. Foolishness or folly, we also find that in a lot of other forms. But one thing's for sure today that we all have an appointment with death That we are going to keep. Hebrews 9 and 27 says. It is appointed. And the man wants to die. But after this the judgment. So we all. Unless the Lord comes back and takes us. Are going to find a way to the grave. And we're going to die. So the question that we need to ask tonight. To ourselves is. What state will we die? In what place in our life. Will we die? And unfortunately, uh, Brother Tim, it would appear that many people are going to die in sin. It's not God's will that any should perish and die without Him. But my my brother, you know, there's so many people that's going to die lost. And unfortunately, uh, there's going to be some even amidst us here tonight that may die lost and without God. So in these opening verses, when Jesus referred to one as a fool, hours before his death, the man that was saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow on my fruits. He built bigger barns and he built bigger things, but God said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? I wish you would consider with me tonight of dying of a fool. What would cause us to die as a fool? I would present to you tonight, there are several reasons, and I will go through a few of them quickly, but the last one I want to dwell on for a few minutes here tonight. Number one, dying in ungodliness. Would be a foolish thing for anybody to die. Uh, for a person to die in a state of ungodliness. Because we know that sin separates man from God. And a person cannot go where God, uh, where the Lord is when we die with sin in our life. So if you are in an ungodly place, praise God. You need to understand if you die in an ungodly place without the Lord with sin in your life. You will die as a fool. Are Galatians 3:1 says, Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Come on. If somebody that's heard the gospel but just refuse to obey the gospel. I want to tell you tonight that time and opportunity is limited to every one of us. Uh, You know what if if, if you're trying to build something great in your life and think I've got plenty of time to to get back or get to where I need with God you don't know what your time is. You could be like the one in our opening story here tonight and you could build something great in God and just hours after that take you down and you reject it praise God and you, you didn't accept the gospel but I'm going to tell you tonight you don't have to be that way. You can be born again tonight. All you got to do is obey Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized and God will fill you. Praise God with the Holy Ghost. Don't die as a fool. Let's take it a little farther, Brother Tommy. Matthew 7 and 24 through 27 speaks about the wise and the foolish virgins. No doubt you're from uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, Matthew twenty. Uh, five talks about that. Uh, uh, it talks about the wise and the foolish virgins, the wise with the oil, and the foolish, the unfaithful to what was put in them in their lamps. What would help somebody, what would cause somebody to die with a fool? It would be the foolish virgins that, that had it in their life. And they, they had their life full of oil. But for some reason, oh some reason, Sister Lana, they allowed it to run out and they never refilled it. They become unfaithful with God gave what God gave them and they let it run out of their life. Come on, breathe. come on. Don't die as a fool. I know I started this off wide open, and now that I'm bringing it down a little bit lower, and, and but I don't want you to check out on me here tonight because I have something to say to somebody. Because on this day of celebrating a man who has given himself to a church for the last 18 years, I want to concentrate on a particular type of fool that we find in all the churches around us. No doubt there are some of them here today. No doubt there are some that's in the church in Marion and Sturgis and all the cities across here. Oh, come on. It's this particular type of fool that runs in parallel with a man by the name of Abner. Abner. Abner is among one of the most tragic men in the word of God and he also was one of the most influential men of the Bible that we can see but after Abner died we see these words pinned in 2 Samuel chapter 3 verses 32 and 33 and they buried Abner in Hebron and the king David lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner all the people wept and the king laminated over Abner and said there died Abner as a fool Died Abner as a fool. You see... If you don't know who he is today, let me give you just a quick, brief history of who Abner is. Abner was the very successful commander of Saul, the very first king of Israel's army, which was also David's father-in-law. He was one of Saul's greatest uh, people that followed him. Abner was the one who helped him lead his uh, Saul's army through battle after battle. He was a man that was very influential with people and helped lead them in the battles praise God he was one of those that uh, he was uh, one of Saul's uh, uh, men that that helped pursue David and when he was trying to pursue David and kill him Abner's military was very successful against all the enemies praise God and Abner he was a prince hallelujah according to uh, 2 Samuel 3 and 38 David even said as much he said he was a prince and a great man Abner he had the opportunities not Given to a lot of people. He was the first cousin to Saul after all. So he was among the princes of Saul's family. He was a great man. But David, hallelujah, he ended up saying that Abner died as fool. Abner's greatness in Israelites' wars was very, very well known to David. Because David, after all, served under Abner, before he went on the run, David knew him. And his, his success, all his great successes was overshadowed by the fact that he played the fool. David inscribed. Abner died as a fool died. On this day tonight, celebrating this church and this man of God, who has dedicated himself to this church for 18 years? What can we learn from the man who died as a fool named Abner? You see, when when Saul had died, Abner helped Saul's son Ishbosheth to be the next king of Israel. For oh, for seven years, Abner was Ishbosheth's. Uh, uh, leading man in their military but all of a sudden something happened that upset Abner with the uh, Ishbosheth and he realized how you know what he is not the man that needs to be over Israel and the split uh, in the split kingdom and Abner withdrew his uh, support to uh, Ishbosheth and he went and he turned to David and he 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 went to David and he talked to him and he told he told David he said David I will help you bring all the king back together and see remember he's a very influential man and he said I'll help bring all the kingdom back together to you because after all you are the man that Samuel anointed to be the king hallelujah so David and Adner they came together and they reached an agreement and with this agreement uh, in his hand Adner spoke on the behalf uh, of, of all the leaders and the first thing he done he went to the tribe of Benjamin which was the family of Saul and the present king of Ishteneth at that time and he gained the support of the tribe of Benjamin and it was so important that he got them but he got them to come from Saul's side to David's side because Abner was a very influential man I hope I'm not boring you don't let me lose you here for a few more minutes talking about who Abner is, because if you don't know who he is, you're gonna miss a very important part tonight. But David, who had been anointed by Samuel the prophet of oh, the tribe of Judah, he was anointed by uh, to be the king of Israel. And Abner, he had won battles, and Abner had helped establish kings and kingdoms. Abner, praise God, understood people. Abner got things done. Abner knew how to gain influence. Abner knew how to use his influence to accomplish uh, whatever objective that he wanted to accomplish. And where Abner went, other people followed him. But in spite of everything, all of his accomplishments, even after they come to agreement with David, even with him helping David bring the kingdom together, David stood and said, Died, Abner, as a fool died. You see, near the end of Ishmael's seven years of reign, there was a battle that happened between David's mighty men and uh, Ishmasheth. And as David's mighty men began to win the battle, all of a sudden something happened to Abner that he had never seen before. He was losing the battle. And all of a sudden, Abner began to flee from a battle. He, Abner was usually a winner. and, and But on this day, with the, with, with the host of David's mighty men that he had, Abner found himself running and fleeing the battle. But there was a young man by the name of Ashiel, one of David's 30 mighty men that was in this battle. Joab, David's military leader was the brother of Ashiel. He was the oldest brother and when Abner fled the battle, Ashiel began to pursue him and the Bible says that he was light of foot. He was very fast. He was quick and he began to pursue after Abner. Ashiel, he was young and he was fast but he was the novice compared to The warrior and the graying man that Abner was. And Abner could not outrun Ashiel till finally Abner began to, he reached, he knew who he was. They was all uh, associated with the family and all this stuff. And Abner warned Ashiel, he said, Go find somebody else to pursue. But Ashiel, he uh, he ignored Abner's warning and he kept pursuing him. And uh, again, Abner warned the young man, but this time Abner threatened, hallelujah, by him getting closer and closer he turned with his rod and his spear and he just shoved it back at him and all of a sudden he just kept coming so he shoved it with the back of the spear and it went all the way through Ashiel. yes Ashiel was fast and yes he could catch up with him but Ashiel was nothing when it come to the veteran and Ashiel fell to the ground And he fell to the ground. We don't know what had happened exactly. We just know that the staff went into him. He didn't use the spear side. Maybe we, he wasn't meaning to go all the way through him. Maybe the reason he used the butt of the spear, he was just trying to keep him because maybe no doubt probably Abner and, and Ashehel and, and Joab David's uh, uh, leader of his his army maybe they had talked and communed together before David went on the run and everything and maybe he he didn't want to kill him maybe he was a little. maybe him and uh, uh, Joab were friends and, and brother Chuck he didn't uh, I, we don't know exactly but we know he didn't use the spear he used the butt of the spear so I have to think in my mind maybe he wasn't even trying to kill him but Ashiel was running so fast when he turned and he shoved the spear maybe the, the, the velocity of him running and him pushing the spear, it just caused him to die maybe maybe he done it in self-defense maybe done it in an accident, but we don't know stay with me whatever the case Hebrew law permitted a family member take revenge of a manslayer under the law, Ashiel's brother, Joab, the leader of David's army, had a right to kill Abner for what he had done to Ashiel. So Abner was, maybe he had this constant thing in his mind that, that, that because I killed uh, uh, Joab's brother, uh, uh, we don't know exactly, but what we know, Abner. Went to Hebron. Everybody say Hebron. Does anybody know what Hebron is? Hebron was one of the cities of refuge. Before the Israelites entered to the promised land, God established cities for situations just like this one that Abner had found himself in. There were six such cities. They were called the cities of refuge. Because they provided refuge for anyone who had killed another person in case of manslaughter. It was an accident or or it was just a fair fight but somebody died in a battle. And Hebron was one of these six cities. And and it was a a good place for anyone uh, that was under some type of threat uh, of of somebody else uh, uh, like Joab trying maybe to try to kill uh, Abner. It was a safe place. Don't that sound like what a church is supposed to be? A safe place? I want to tell you tonight, at some point, everybody needs a refuge in your life. In our present time, God has given us such a refuge. And it's what I started this message off tonight, talking about, it's the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Brother Timmy, Sister Alice, Y'all might have been smoking marijuana when you walked into the house of God. But let me tell you what, you're sitting here today in the house of refuge. Come on, some of you, you was destined, you was lost. You had all kinds of things going on in your life. But thank God you found the house of God. You found a refuge. You found a place you could go. It was a safe place for your soul. the chuck these six cities of refuge that characterize the church The blood-bought, born-again church that provides a refuge for our hurting soul. Aren't you glad that God has put a city of refuge in Madisonville, Kentucky? We call it Truth Apostolic Church. Aren't you glad that God called a man like Michael Orton to pastor this refuge of this church? Hallelujah. The church. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the church of the living God. I'm thankful for a place that I can go and I can feel safe. The church in Marion, Uh, to be honest with you, it has struggled over the last several years. Yes, it has, but now then we have a core group of young people that's coming to to the church in Marion. We've still got uh, two or three adult families that come, but the mass majority of the church that we have there uh, in Marion hallelujah it is some young people that come to the church and, and they are wild and they are crazy and one of them broke a clock at the church the other day kicked their shoe off and went flying up and hit the clock and knocked it down but but let me tell you what you know why they're coming there because at their homes it's split homes and, and they don't they don't have food and, and some and maybe their parents don't don't seem like they care about anything that they do and they let them get they let them get tattoos and they let them they buy them vape and they buy them them alcohol but when they come to that church in Miriam they know it's a safe place they know that there's somebody that loves them they know that there's somebody that's gonna love them in spite of their mistakes love them in spite of the issues they're going through they know it's a safe place the church is a much better refuge than Hebron hallelujah And if you've not already done so, it would be a good time to come on in to the safe place. I know the church is imperfect. It's an imperfect refuge. But we serve a perfect God. My brother stood here tonight and he told you how he hasn't made all the best decisions. He hasn't done it all exactly right. As a pastor, I understand that. I haven't made all the best decisions. I've messed up a lot. I know the church is made up of imperfect human flesh and I know as a pastor we don't, we don't always do our best but there's any consolation neither do you as a saint of God Amen. but the church in the church there's safety in the church there's healing in the church there's deliverance in the church hallelujah we can make it to the other side in the church for the Christian, as, as Brother Larry Booker said, he said this. He said, in Noah's boat, there was a lot of mess with all those animals. And it stunk really bad. But, it, but any day that is stinking in the ark is better than the outside of that ark. Yes, it's a mess in the church. Yes, we have drama. Yes, we have issues inside the church. But it's the safest place in this world, in the house of God. Oh, come on, hear me today. We ain't got it all together. But those of us who love the house of God, it's always better inside the church than outside the church. Israel's six cities of refuge, they were valuable. But they were not perfect. The populations of those cities of refuge that were primarily the priests and the Levites. Hebron is where Abner found himself living after him and David talked. He uh, uh, had been given to the descendants of Aaron and Hebron, the first high priest of Israel. In this atmosphere, this, this, this activity of the Hebron, it would have been more like uh, probably, uh, uh, they, the history tells us, it probably would have been more like a seminary, a, 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 a church, college, if you would please, than some kind of military camp. Hebron was walled cities. And those walls, they limited Abner's activity. But if Adner stayed beyond the wall, if Adner strayed beyond the walls of Hebron, he would was immediately at risk of Joab taking his life. But Adner was familiar to doing what he wanted to do. Adner again, he was a man of influence. He was a man of action. He wasn't a man of books. He let the priest take care of the books. He was a man that, that had action that called the military people together. And, and he, he was a man that preferred to live out, live without all these limits. And many of Abner's uh, uh, neighbors that he now found himself in Hebron, uh, their, their conversations would have been about, uh, they wouldn't have been about the best way to sharpen a sword or, or anything like that. But they, these priests and Levites, uh, they, they would have been talking about the book of Leviticus and, and the book of Moses and, and talking about their next sermon and talking about sacrifice. him, the things that Abner knew, knew the most about were the things which the priests and the Levites knew nothing about. Can you imagine Hebron's walls and Abner's neighbors beginning to grind on him? I can imagine Abner asking himself, What am I doing here? I'm a man of war. i fought battles. Why am I heading out in this city of refuge? I've won more battles than I can count. People listen when I talk. I just made the deal of a lifetime with King David that was sure him to be the next king. Yet I'm stuck with a bunch of people who are nothing like me. Hebrew was a refuge. Hebrew was a, a refuge, but it was not the best one for him. Maybe, but but I have watched it unfold in church over the last 17 years of pastoring and more than that. Praise God of living for God. People make their way to Jesus, and they're aware that they're they're lost, and they're aware. Hallelujah! You know what? Most likely, brother Timmy, you, sister Alice, you knew why when you come to the house of God, and you knew that you needed Jesus, and, and faith comes. Upon us, and, and we believe and we obey the gospel, and it leads us, praise God, uh, to do, to repent, make an about face, and, and the things that we were doing, we're not doing it no more. And now, all of a sudden, we, we find ourselves in the house of God, and, and we're baptized in the name of Jesus, and He, and he fills us with the Holy Ghost. And, and now, this person is placed in a place of safety because in a church, we can find refuge, but Life living for Jesus is quite different than the past experience that you had. <laughs> A lot of the other people that are in the place of the refuge are nothing like his old friend's. You're you you're coming to the house of God, and you're used to hanging out with your buddies, and, and and it doesn't matter how many beers you drink or how many joints you smoke, and it doesn't matter how what kind of shows you watch, and it doesn't it doesn't matter uh, what you listen to, and it doesn't matter how you dress. There's no limitations. You just live like you want and do like you want. And now you're in a house of God, and and you know what this is so funny, I and mean, Sister Cheryl was talking about people all the time coming up and saying, "Hey, have you seen this movie?" And I'm like, I hadn't heard that one. I don't know what that one is. You heard this song? No. I haven't heard that one. We got this new guy coming uh, to Sturgis. He's a great guy. And I believe he's hungry for God. His name is Jeff. And he sent me a couple of videos on YouTube because he's getting interested in God. One of them was, uh, it was a good song. I listened to it, but I'd never heard of the singer. So I got to look, and He's a country singer. And I'm like, I don't know who he is, but it's like a good song. But hey, Jeff, he's doing good. He's trying there's been a few times we've been sitting with brother Jeff talking in the middle of church and, and he'll, he'll about say a word and I'll, I'll watch his lips he'll change his word and go to something else and I knew it was going to be a cuss word of some sort but he changed his vernacular and it's different because now you, you're, you're in this safe place you know it's safe and you thank God that you're in this safe place but it's different than what you're used to Because this new life is a disciple of Jesus. It gives you safety. It keeps you from the penalty of sin. But, But it also demands constraints on your life. If we just read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that we find in Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, Jesus he begins to preach in his sermon, and he talks about these walls. He talks about these protections that puts around us. And we, many of us we want we want free from the guilt of the sin of the past, but they don't want to have the refuge with walls in their life. Because we have this mindset that I want to do what I want when I want to do it. And that's something that has to break when you come to the house of God. And it is, it's is—it's the city of refuge, but it's imperfect. And all of a sudden you start, the pastor does something that you don't understand. Or, or you see somebody get a little snippy with somebody. And you think, well, that's a Christian. I'm not sure I want to be a part of that. But let me tell you what, just because you're saved, it don't fix all of that, okay? You're still gonna have fights, you're still gonna have fusses, you're still gonna get mad, you're still gonna fight depression. But thank God, He's given us a Holy Ghost that helps us overcome all that. Praise the Lord! I'm telling you, I go back to what I was talking about in this world, you will have tribulation, but He's overcome the world. And as long as we keep Jesus living on the inside, hallelujah, you can't do it one time. It takes an everyday thing. Every day, you gotta strive. Every day, you gotta get the mindset I'm gonna stay in the church. It's not just this building, but every day, I'm gonna. To live my life in the church. Hallelujah. I want to do what I want to do, but I want to have refuge. I'm going to tell you that refuge does not exist. There is no real protection without some walls and some laws and some things to restrict our life. In Hebron's walls provided safety for Abner. And those barriers Jesus talked about on the Sermon on the Mount and all throughout the different epistles are walls of protection and a, and a wise person stays within those walls but a fool will step out of them. You see, after David and Abner had their talk, Abner went to the city of Hebron. Joab, the oldest brother of Ashiel, was not there when Abner came to make the deal with David. When Joab returned, somebody told him about Abner coming and visiting. Somebody told Joab about the agreement that David had made with Abner, and Joab didn't receive it very well. Joab became very upset. He was very adamant. He was very critical because Joab did not trust Abner and now Abner will be fighting alongside of Joab. The same man that killed Ashiel, his brother was likely to become a very important man in David's army now. So it wasn't long before Joab sent some men to Hebron He sent some men to the city of refuge with a message. And in the contents of that message, we don't know exactly what was said. But Joab's message seemed to have some type of invitation in there for Abner to meet Joab at the gates of the city. We've got to remember that Abner had just met David. So Abner... He he probably you know he threw all of his support to David and now as king and, and, and to unify this so Abner had he'd, he'd, he had uh, traveled uh, with all these people talking them bringing people together Come on. so maybe at this point Abner he was he was David's ally not his enemy enemy oh, Abner was backing was very valuable to David. So Admiral might have thought his new alliance with David could cause a reset button, Brother Tyler. And it's really supposed to, okay? When you become a child of God, it's supposed to reset everything. You don't have no enemies no more. Matter of fact, your enemy ought to be the one you're praying for. Not just, not just the ones that you love. We, we need to be alright with anybody that walks through them doors. Because this is a place of refuge. Everybody needs a refuge. But since David had been on the run from Saul, Adner and Joab had always been on opposite sides. Adner supported Saul Isboshef and Job, Joab had supported David, but now the two men were both supporting David. They were on the same side. So Abner, no doubt, he probably imagined in that this new alignment with, with David, that, that maybe he had taken any problems that he had with Joab because he had killed his brother Ashael. And Admir may have thought, David told Joab, now go over to the city of Hebron and I want you to sit down with Abner and I want you to have some kind of military strategies with him and talk about the military planning. We don't know the contents, but what we do know is that Admir welcomed the message and he went to the gate and he met him. You see, Joab was more uh, like Admir after all. Joab was a man that was more accustomed to him. Joab wasn't a man of theology. He was a man that also carried a sword just like Abner did. So he's seen him as a man that was very similar to himself. I can surely trust him. I'm tired of hearing about the book of Leviticus. I'm tired of hearing about all this Bible stuff. I know it's a place that's a refuge for me, but I'm kind of tired of hearing about Acts 2.38 shoved down my throat all the time. I'm tired of hearing about, I'm tired of hearing about, you know what, you got to dress this way and, and you you need to not watch this and you need to not listen to this and you need to clean this up in your life and you need to clean that up in your life and, and no doubt. So, if Joab wants to meet me, I'm going to meet him. It'll be a, a change of scenery. The gates of the city were busy. A lot of converse, a lot of com- conversation that happened in the city gates. And, and it was a very common meeting place and planning. And, and, and one, one you know, it might be a place that you say, hey, meet me at the city gates. But he said, meet me at the city gates in the third hour. Whatever the case, Joab invited Abner to meet him at the gates and Abner went and spoke with him and whenever Joab stepped into the gates of that city when Adner uh, met him and, and, and there at that place right on the border of his protection because just a little bit farther and he had been out of the city and his protection would have been gone and Adner was uh, all of a sudden he coaxed him to come out just a little bit outside of the city out just right to the gate because right in the gate you lost your protection and he coaxed him far enough out that the Bible said He took a knife and stuck him under the filth rib and killed Abner just outside the gate of the city of refuge. Abner died only steps away from the refuge Abner died as a fool how did he get to his place what were the steps that led Abner to dying as a fool you see the church is the safe place it's not always a comfortable place because we look and we see people that appear to be hypocrite and we see people that don't have it all together guess what they don't but as long as they stay in the church and they're going towards the city of refuge they're under protection but the moment you step away from the city of refuge and you go away from it and you step out them doors you're in trouble He wasn't exactly comfortable with the city of refuge. And we've gotten people that's gotten to that place. I'm not comfortable with that one God preaching. Thank God, sis, you come on in. He was baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm not comfortable with the loud music. I'm not comfortable with the standards that might be inside of the church. I'm not comfortable. And the moment you get uncomfortable with everything's going on, you'll be tempted to step outside the city gates. But there's somebody on the outside of them gates that's Waiting on you. That wants to kill you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now. We got to be careful. Praise the Lord. When we come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Paul lets us know. oh, things have passed away. Behold all things have become new that's why us as pastors we talk about the priority of church attendance we talk about the priority of seeking God and praying and fasting and reading your Bible and coming under the submission of the man of God and the word of God and the spirit of God because we understand inside the church is your protection you may not have it all together but if you're in the church you are protected you may not have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed but as long as you're in a church you are protected Abner stepped outside the protection of Hebron. Assuming that Joab's motives was pure. You hear me today. That old buddy that's calling on you want to go hang out. You can't do oh come on. You can't just think that his motives are pure. Instead of him, instead of you going out and meeting him say hey buddy if you want to hang out with me we're having church this Sunday night. We're having church this Tuesday night. We're having prayer meeting praise God. Why don't you come meet me in the house of God because I can't Afford to step outside the gates because outside I don't want to die as a fool, just steps outside of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. Abner died as a fool. Ah. Music become I, I will hasten to an end. Hebron was Abner's safety. Yet he abandoned the only place where he had security. The only place. You gotta stay safe with where you go, while you watch. You gotta protect your morals. Don't assume that your bad behavior won't have consequences. It always does. Cause that one step, that one step, that one decisive fatal step might cause you to die as a fool. Whitney, it's your safe place, honey. You may you may walk outside of this place and have to go back home and fight some hell. This is your safe place. But you know what I love about the church? Brother Joel, it's not just this building. Whitney, take the church home. Fast. Read your Bible. Get lost in the Holy Ghost at your house. Take the church back to your home. If there's any young people here that you know you're coming, and somebody brings you. If you maybe you've got a family member at home that that don't that don't know anything about the the house of God. The beautiful thing about the church is not limited to this beautiful uh, building that we're in here today. You can take it back home with you. This church is mobile. But the moment you step outside that protection gate, you know what the protection gates is. It's the plan of sal- value, salvation. It's Acts 2:38. Hallelujah. It's repentance. it's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And being filled with the Holy Ghost. And beyond that, it's repeating that thing over and over and over. Because every day we need to repent. Every day we need to go through them things in our life. Every day we can be baptized. Not in the water, but being baptized by the Word of God. It washes and cleanses us. And every day we can renew ourselves in the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That's when you step outside of that. And you think, you know what? Today I don't have to pray. Today I don't got to read my Bible today I don't have to do this and do that come on the moment you do that you're stepping outside them gates and you're stepping outside that protection honey this is your best bet to make it to heaven is staying in the church don't die as a fool Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as other, as manner of psalm is, but exhorting one another, so much as the more as you see that day approaching. For if we willfully sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful look for of the judgment of fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses oh how much more sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who have trodden under the foot of the son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the grace of God for we know him that he hath said vengeance belongeth unto me I our recompense the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the uh, hands of a living God. Jesus said, what profit a man should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall man give in exchange for his soul? Don't step out that refuge Adner don't step out them gates there's a Joab waiting for you come on there's somebody you've been playing on the fence in this place you've been you've been contemplating stepping outside the refuge you've been contemplating is it worth it I don't know there's a lot of imperfection inside them inside that church inside inside the house of God listen to me this is your past chance because it's worse out there there's a Joab that's after you there's a Joab that's after that's gonna kill you he's called the devil he's after your soul he's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour in the church it's our best chance to make heaven our home don't die as a fool Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program this is a media ministry outreach of truth apostolic church in madisonville kentucky for more information about our ministry visit our website We're
0: doing- trying our best praise God to put it all out amen out there on every platform we possibly can hallelujah and I'm glad because the world uh, hallelujah amen needs to know that what I have uh, amen is being filled with the spirit uh, amen can change their life